boy is eating. The boy is your name. What is your name? She is not a girl. First, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland. And I'm Ian Kennedy. And so today we have a very, very special guest, a good friend of mine that I went to college with back in 2012. Oh, so long ago. We're old. Thanks, Angela, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you both. Thanks for having me. And so because you're new to the podcast, please introduce yourself to the audience. Where are you from? What do you do for a living? All of that fun stuff. Yeah. So my name is Angela Sigismundi. I am originally from Brooklyn, but you know, it might sound that way pretty, pretty soon enough. Like you might be able to hear that, but I think I'm getting to the point where I need to be saying that I'm from Worcester, Massachusetts instead, (laughs) given how long I've lived here, but I am an English teacher. I started out teaching in middle school and now I teach in high school. So for listeners, Worcester is where we went to college Mm -hmm. and most of our friend group, we just left Worcester. But Angela stayed. <laughs> yep, really packed it in here. <laughs> Worcester is very up and coming. So yeah, it's cool. It's a yeah. it's got a really cool and exciting feel to it right now. I'm enjoying it. And so today, listeners, we are going to talk about Angela's life being a teacher. You've been a teacher now for almost a decade. How exciting. And I bet you're a rock star teacher. So just to chat a little about that, do you have any funny stories, any memorable stories about being on the job as a a middle school, high school teacher? Yes. When I had been teaching eighth grade English probably four years ago at this point, we were doing some grammar work and we were talking about apostrophes in particular. And I always, you know, teach the possessive rules in conjunction with contraction rules because They go hand in hand with the apostrophe, obviously. And I remember kicking off the lesson with just, you know, some simple questions just to get them thinking and situated in the topic of grammar and was like, hey guys, I know you know this, but jog our memory a little bit. What are contractions? Put it in your own words. How would you describe it? And one hilarious kid raised his hand, but with such a look of confusion on his face that I had no clue what he was about to say. But I felt immediately compelled to call on him. And I was like, yeah, go ahead, tell us. And he goes, well, contractions, aren't those what women have in the hospital when they're like having babies? whole class just erupted in laughter and I like I couldn't hold myself together I mean I was cracking up and he was so genuine and he knew that that was not the answer but he couldn't come up with the grammar answer and honestly he was right (laughs) I was gonna say he wasn't wrong it's still right (laughs) so you can't blame the kid (laughs) right absolutely absolutely that's a great one so I I can't help myself but um start with that every year when I'm doing apostrophes and contractions with the kids. So that's a good (laughs) go-to. 
Fair. Yeah, no, he's not wrong. But that's funny. That's like where his mind went. Because I yeah. definitely would not know contractions during giving birth at that age, I feel like. Eighth grade boy. Like, okay. Yeah. Class, use your uh, your context clues here. But hey. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had times where you learned something from a student? So instead of you teaching them something, they taught you something in the other way? Yes. Oh, so, so many times. And that is something that I, and I think a lot of teachers just love about teaching that there are so many of those moments where you realize like, wow, these kids know a lot more than I do in some respects. And a lot of that comes up with their hobbies and interests outside of the classroom. I mean, certainly, you know, in terms of books that they're reading currently or, whatever the case may be, but definitely with their non-academic interests. So I have had kids teach me about 3D printing. I have, I've had students who are dismantling and rebuilding their own computers and will kind of talk me through the process as if I have any idea how to like follow (laughs) along with what they're saying. Or I have a lot of horseback riders in my school. I've learned a lot about horseback riding in the past. (laughs) (laughs) On the opposite of learning, I guess, has there ever been a time in the classroom where, you know, someone's done a prank or something where you're like, okay, I need to punish you. But like, (laughs) that was hilarious. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm thinking back to my previous school when I was teaching eighth grade religion. And I wanted to not center it because I'm, I would consider myself a a Catholic. I've been in Catholic school my whole life, including Holy Cross. So I I didn't want to center it on my beliefs. I didn't want to strictly focus on the Bible because obviously I had a lot of kids from a lot of different religious backgrounds. So I was trying to explore different spiritual paths and different affiliations. And I remember doing a little bit of work with yoga and mindfulness and, you know, really not focusing on a religious aspect. And I wanted to get this group of 15 boys to do maybe 10 minutes worth of yoga with me and just try it out in the classroom and mostly just have fun with it, but give it a shot and experience it for themselves. And I had one guy raise his hand with a smile on his face. Like it was very obvious that he was messing with me, but he said he can't do yoga because it is against his religious beliefs, which maybe that were true. But as soon as he said that and the class could kind of tell that I was acknowledging his statement, there were four or five other hands that went up in the air and said, yeah, me too. I can't do it either. I can't, I can't, I can't. So, (laughs) okay, guys, well, never mind then. (laughs) And we just kind of moved on from there, but they were all- So no yoga? Did you like respect their religious beliefs? I respected them telling me that it was against their religious beliefs. Yeah. Oh man, I feel like I would have like turned it on them and been like, everyone who participated in yoga today does not have to do tonight's homework. Yeah, you just <laughs> pass for the quarter. <laughs> Wait, did you say yoga? I didn't mean yoga. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And so right now you're an English teacher, right? Yep. At a private school where you have a little more flexibility and like the curriculum and what you teach. Have you taught 
any really interesting material that, you know, most people would say maybe is controversial and, you know, wouldn't be taught in, say, a public school? Mm, that's a great question. Um, there is a novel that I absolutely love doing with my freshmen called Montana 1948 by Larry Watson. It's a relatively contemporary novel. I think it was published in 1993, so definitely more recent than The Odyssey that I'll <laughs> excerpt with them towards the end of the year. But this novel takes place in Montana in 1948, and it's the story of the narrator who's flashing back on these experiences that he had as a 12-year-old boy um, growing up in this really, really tiny town where his father is the sheriff, or was the sheriff, and his uncle was kind of the golden boy town doctor. Um, and it eventually comes out that his uncle has been um, sexually assaulting many of his patients, but specifically his Native American female patients. And as the only sheriff or the main sheriff in the town, it's the narrator's father that has to figure out whether or not he's going to pursue it, how he's going to pursue it. And um, it makes sense within the context of our class because um, we, our class is called Justice, Power, and Revenge, and it really is so much about power and abuses of power. The kids can really grasp on to those motifs and the themes, but there is, you know, some sensitive material in there for sure. And there's nothing that's gone into graphic detail. There's nothing that I feel is egregious. And the writing is beautiful. The story is incredible. And ultimately, it's about trying to reclaim power that's being taken from a community of these Native American women. So that is definitely one where I feel lucky to be able to do at my school. That sounds like a college course. Yeah. <laughs> The, the title of it? Is that? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like in high school, it was just like, this is English from America. <laughs> exactly. You're just English one, English two, English three. Yeah, yeah there was, there was Not never like courses like that in my public school, no. We do have a lot of flexibility with the titles and with naming. And, you know, we try to have the titles be, you know, a little bit sexy and compelling, but also reflective of the subject matter more so than just, yeah, English one, English two. But I like how you said literature from America. We teach American literature in the junior year, but I like literature from America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> offer another title there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think it's funny because I feel like, especially in my public school, I don't know about you, Ian, but like it was, we were taught like the, the material that you were supposed to be taught to like pass your, your statewide tests. Like it yeah. wasn't really reflective. We weren't really talking about the issues of today and social justice and all of that. Like that, I didn't get all that till I went to college. And I, I think it's awesome that you're teaching that at a young age because, you know, not everyone goes to college. So if you get that opportunity at that age, like, that's amazing. That's what I wanted to say is, you know, it's, it, you bring up a good point. It's not only important to expose students to real life scenarios, real life problems, things that exist in the real world at a younger age. Not only is it good for development, but it, it gives it gives the kids a sense that they're more mature. They're getting more responsibility. They're being seen as more of an adult and not being treated as a kid who just gets homework in class, right? You can really express opinions, ideas, 
And I just remember the most memorable classes that I had in middle school and high school were with those teachers that were willing to push the boundary to say, you know, the other teachers, they do, they teach what the school says I need to teach, but this isn't going to take children to the next level. This isn't going to give them a great education. And in my mind, those teachers are the ones that stick out. And, and I really am thankful for now because they really helped me develop those real life skills and really see, you know, the world is a messy place. It's not black and white. It's not all roses and, and flowers. You know, you have to learn these things early to, to be a good functioning human. So I think it doesn't get highlighted enough the importance of talking about those controversial or maybe kind of ugly subjects that you might be afraid to talk about in the modern day with all this cancel culture and, and yeah. uh, all the political correctness that we're all living in. And the kids, they want to talk about these things. Like it's, I think, easy for a lot of people to assume that they would be really immature or they would really clam up and not know what to say and not want to engage. But I find that a lot of the times it's the complete opposite. I mean, they have so much access to the world. I mean, even if you just think about TikTok and the hours that they spend scrolling, I mean, in on the one hand, you know, too much screen time maybe, but also they're coming across this material. They're kind of learning the ways to talk about these things in a really civil and understandable way. And I think a lot of them value having a space to have those conversations. CWG officially has over 100 episodes, and we are among the top podcasts in Chile, and that's thanks to you. But we are always working to grow our audience, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, and even LinkedIn. But most importantly, rate, review, and share us with all your friends, family, and coworkers. And if you want to take your English education to the next level, sign up for private or group classes at dynamicenglish.cl. To talk about something really topical right now that we're all living in is we are living in the world of COVID, right? Which means that we are basically, you know, there's some schools that are in person, but for the most part, we're having sort of a mix between Zoom and in person. So I would love to pick your brain on what it is like teaching classrooms full of kids uh, through a Zoom format. I imagine it's really hard. <laughs> Just assuming. <laughs> yeah, it it's not the uh, it's not what I signed up for or what I was anticipating when I was taking my master's classes in education. <laughs> but um, I am really lucky right now, and I say lucky lightly because there are you know a lot of cons as well, but I feel lucky to feel relatively safe on campus at my school currently. We are in person, but back in March, I mean, we were completely remote, of course, like most places, and that was incredibly, incredibly difficult. I appreciated the fact that I could teach a class and then get up and make breakfast or teach a class and then go for a walk, but it became really apparent really quickly that you were just losing all of that energy and excitement and that chatter and that enthusiasm and even just that willingness to engage. I mean, I watched some kids who were powerhouses in a classroom setting just kind of stay quiet because it's weird. You've got your family around. You aren't sure if people are going to be able to hear you well. Maybe your connection's breaking up and you're freezing a little bit. So there were just all of these factors that you would never have to consider in a classroom setting. And it made it 
really challenging and kind of sad because there just wasn't that energy. I feel like it's so intimate to like think of me in high school being on a Zoom. My bedroom in high school was like full of like posters of hot guys and like weird you know what I mean I'd be embarrassed to be on a zoom and then like if I was also on a zoom I'd be like did you see Ben's bedroom like look what's in the corner like what a weirdo I feel like like high schoolers are just so catty and mean and I could would totally see myself doing that yeah it's a very situation to be in yeah I'm glad we didn't have to go through that I'm glad I'm out of school let's put it that way yeah, it seems intimate. Okay, changing gears. Well, first, for me and Ian both, thank you for being a teacher during these crazy times. I know it's super stressful, so kudos to you. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> um, it. But changing gears, a new thing that we're trying to do with some guests is just asking some rapid-fire questions just to, you know, put you in the hot seat, but more just to get to know a little bit about you, Okay. Ready. So, I think we'll see. <laughs> yeah. They're very easy. Don't don't be nervous. Okay. Yankees or Mets? Oh, the Yankees, obviously. <laughs> that was an easy one. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Favorite concert you've been to? Okay, this might be a weird one, but I went a couple of years ago by myself to see some 41 in Boston. Wow. It was Hell yeah. so fun. And I felt like I was a freshman in high school again. <laughs> I used to love them. I had their CDs. Some yeah. pretty, that is a throwback. Yes, they were awesome. They were great. Okay, next question. Last series you binged? Just a classic, Shit's Creek. Kind of like in another one of those grooves where I'm just always listening to it in the background. That was my like quarantine show that I binged. Yeah. Mine was Hannibal. I went dark with it. Oh. Yeah. Hannibal during a pandemic. That's a a bold move. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You know what I really need to watch people eat people. Yeah. Play. Worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. Okay. What's on your nightstand right now? Oh, I have a cute little lamp. I have an empty tissue box. Didn't replace that today like I had intended to. I have a couple of books and I have a little coaster in the event that I've got a little glass of water. It's a very, like, very G rated red, red, red books or books that you're hoping to read? Books that I am hoping to read and likely won't get to. <laughs> <laughs> very honest. I, I respect That's how that. it goes. Okay, okay, Ian, your turn. All right. Desired superpower. Hmm. I think the ability to read minds. It would really uh, help out with my anxiety. <laughs> I would hate that if anyone had that ability. That'd probably drive me crazy, I think. <laughs> oh, man. I'd be like, shut that off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Favorite vacation? Hmm. Well, I have been to Vegas four times, and there's just something about being in Las Vegas in the summer. Yes, it's a million degrees, but it just feels like nothing really matters, and the real world doesn't exist. And that's what I look for in a vacation. <laughs> wow. Las Vegas four times. Four that times. Is, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> How about it? Okay. Cocktail of choice. Mm, an espresso martini, hands down. That was a quick one. That's a true mm-hmm. rapid answer yes. right there. Very good. And favorite wedding song? Ooh, like a slow dance or just the, the party song? Probably party, right? What what do you hear and you're like, I am on that dance floor ASAP? Do you remember that one? (laughs) Oh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's my jam. You got it. That's a good one. 
Perfect Respect. answer. Great. And last question, your favorite language learning podcast. <laughs> um, I think that one I heard of recently called Coffee with Gringos. Hey, I've heard it's pretty good. It's pretty great, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have to throw that one in there. <laughs> well, Angela, thank you so much for joining us. I know that these are crazy times and you have a crazy schedule. And like I said before, really respect what you do. Thank you for teaching our youth, shaping minds. Well, thanks you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Well, again, listeners, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript online. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening. <laughs>